Hey everyone, it's Michael and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. And this week we're back. You've probably already listened to the message, the death sentence. That's the message out for this week. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go ahead and check it out. We're going to be talking about it today right here on this episode. Probably noticed today we took a week off last week and yep, you know, sometimes we get into the role on these things and it's just important that our team takes a break. That's what we did. We took the week of Easter off. I hope that you had a good one with your friends and family celebrating the risen Lord. As always, I'm joined by Taylor Weaver and our special guest today is Miss Zoya Thompson. Well, hello listeners. My name is Zoya Thompson. Um, I'm a graduate student at Southwestern. Um, Yeah, that's really it about me. (laughs) I'm excited for today's conversation. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5, verse 18 through chapter 6, verse 11. So those are the the passages that we're going to be referencing. I hope that you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, here's our conversation. All right. So we were in Romans and... I actually read it this morning and I was, you know, recapping, getting back into it. Um, And immediately whenever you started out your sermon, Pastor Michael, what I found cool and also I was like, hold up, the Bible does this, is the title or like what we started reading in was how Adam and Christ are contrasted. And I was like, how can you even do that? Like, I, I don't know, that kind of that kind of blew my mind that. How can, how can you take, that's like, you know, Adam, Adam is the sinful person that, or kind of got us into this mess, Adam and Mm -hmm. Eve. Mm -hmm. Well, we are also sinful beings. That's like comparing one of us to Christ. And I was like, whoa, like you can't even do that. But I love how they did. Um, It's like taking Batman and and the Joker, you know, like some two people that are completely opposed. Exactly. In some ways. The good versus the evil. Mm -hmm. Um, And what stood out to me in reading, I think it was actually... I read the verses right before where you started. So I think... Which is where? I think what stood out to me was Romans 5 verse 15 is where it began. Because didn't you start in verse 18? I did. Okay. So in verse 15 actually and then through 18 till like 20 or 21, I loved how many times I read um, God's gracious gift, God's wonderful gift. And I mean, I like... I have the New Living Translation, so I counted like how many times wonderful was used in like those verses. And it just made me so excited because it's like, oh, you hear this in people's prayers at church. You're like, thank you for your wonderfulness, Lord, your gracious gifts to us. But I don't know if I've ever read like a passage in the Bible that was just like completely just thank you, God, for everything. Thank mm-hmm. you. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Because that's how I feel. So I loved that. But mm-hmm. that was my initial thought okay i'm done now (laughs) (laughs) um i think my uh, my initial thought was i think the practicality and just how honest it was i Mm -hmm. think um this like set of verses specifically it really came in just like your average person it's like you know I think people often bring up this verse of, you know, should we continue sinning because grace continue um, continues. And this verse, I like how it lays it out. And it's like, okay, um, the comparison between Adam and Jesus, you know, Adam was created, you know, perfect in the beginning, mm-hmm. but he chose that and Jesus chose a different path. And by his choice, we are saved. And it really repeats it in almost every verse. It's like through Adam, 
it's sin through Jesus is is life. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, God really presents that um, perspective to us. You know, he isn't forcing it on us. It's like, hey, just like Adam, you have a choice. Just like Jesus, even though Jesus was perfect, he still had to make that decision. Like, do I want to do my father's will? Do I want to do that? And through that, you know, we have the same freedom to choose between life and death. Mm-hmm. That stood out to me, too, and especially the point that you made about, um, sure, like we all sin, but we can also choose to obey and be that example for others. Just because we've sinned doesn't mean we have to stay on that path, which is huge because sometimes we get in this cycle like, I can't turn back now. But you can, and there's always that opportunity. I love how you pointed that out. Yeah, I think that was the aha moment for me in this this, uh, message was the idea that the obedience that we have towards God is mm-hmm. from salvation, not for salvation. Yes. And that it is so that others can see a picture of God in us. Mm-hmm. Like we work from a place of salvation instead of working towards salvation. And that was very, very an aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. And like you said that, you know, growing up, I, I, I learned that, you know, baptism is an outward expression, you know, mm-hmm. to show others that you choose Christ. And I think just like you said, you know, like it's not for our salvation, but it's to show others that mm-hmm. we choose Christ. So I think it also complements the idea of baptism. And it's like, it's for others. We, you know, our life isn't of our own. It's to live for others, to show, you know, Christ's power and Christ's love. Yeah. So I, I like that connection as well. Sometimes that's hard. I know, and this is, I think we've kind of talked about this before, actually before this sermon series, but being... Being the example is the cool part, but being able to, maybe if you're like a super introvert, like I am, I'm a super introvert. So even (laughs) like, that's almost like getting out of my comfort zone, you know, being like, even if I'm so on fire for Jesus that I want to show others, but maybe getting up front isn't the way that I do it. It's Mm -hmm. like, but how can I show, you know? But, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to explain because I know we've kind of talked about like rebaptism mm-hmm. as a way of maybe it wasn't right the first time or you felt like it was too rushed or too soon. And I've kind of felt that way. And it's like, well, how can how can I have that feeling and be able to show others? But maybe I'm not ready for baptism or rebaptism to be that example, you know, but you Mm. still want to be that example in other ways. Mm -hmm. Well, I think for me, I think it's, you have to be cautious about like the feeling Mm because I think having that feeling can get you in trouble almost. Mm. Um, I think, you know, like decisions, a lot of times I think we wait for that aha moment, but every moment isn't about that aha moment. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like with God. So, you know, like you're an introvert, like you said, Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, it, it doesn't have to, you don't have to go out in front of everyone and preach, you know, just mm-hmm. like, like Pastor Gibson, you know, like, yeah, I no, think you the can. The world doesn't need more me, yeah. please. <laughs> so I think, you know, you can serve God in whatever way that your personality um, co- complements it. So whether mm-hmm. that be person to person, like, or whether it be talking on the, the radio waves or where that be, yes. just like showing a smile, even though those small acts may not seem like, you know what, I'm not doing as much as this person. Mm-hmm. That means it doesn't mean that God isn't actively involved in your life or you aren't, you know, living for him or the Holy Spirit isn't a part of you. So I think, yeah. I like how you put that. So picture yourself for a moment as a worship service or a public gathering in a church 
you've decided to be baptized. There's a bunch of people gathered in the room, tank full of water. Pastor invites you in. What does the outward expression of baptism mean for you? Because I think it's important as a Christian church to embrace symbols. The symbols help us understand physically what God is doing in our lives. We always have to remember how important the outward expression is for the individual participating in it and also the church at large. You can't sacrifice one for the other. In fact, often I think we need to sacrifice in favor of the individual as opposed to the group. And baptism is tricky because there's a lot of pressure when we're young to, to be baptized. And I think it's important. It's important for us at a young age to be immersed in the way of Jesus. But baptism is not the end goal. A relationship with Jesus is. So I think if you're in the middle of that walk of maybe should I be baptized, should I not? Stay in constant communication with God. Don't let someone pressure you into something that you don't feel that you're ready for. But when God asks you to move, move. He'll let you know. Which sounds weird, but because I always always viewed baptism as rules. And Mm. so that's why hearing these sermons is so special to me because I I want to view baptism differently. And... So the idea of getting baptized and it's such a huge deal. And I know we've talked about it in previous podcasts, specifically with Aaron, about um, it's easy to think whenever we're at a certain age. I know like whenever I was like 12, like everybody was getting baptized. So you just get baptized. And it's like, that's great that you want to give your life to Jesus. But do you really understand the meaning? And if you do, Mm. then awesome. Mm -hmm. But now I'm at a point in my life, and I know many others are that I've talked with about rebaptism, but I'm, what you said made me realize I'm still viewing it the same way. Mm. I'm still waiting for the aha moment because I think that there's not, because once I get rebaptized again, that's going to be it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I can't, I can't get baptized. I don't know. So whenever you were talking about like again and again, I was like, that's how have I never thought about that? Because it's in yeah. the same way. Every single day we have to give ourselves back over to God. We have yeah. to, you know, repent of our sins, talk with him, have our time with God. And that's, I don't know, it's like a rebaptism every day. So yeah. what's to say we can't get rebaptized whenever? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, there is this kind of stigma, at least within our, our Seventh-day Adventist church context mm-hmm. uh, of the, oh, that person's getting rebaptized. They must have done yes. something. <laughs> or... Why would you get rebaptized when you were, you know, already baptized? Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna look at uh, next week. Plug for next week. Yes, we're gonna look at a, <laughs> a, a portion of scripture where there actually is a rebaptism mm-hmm. and uh, lessons we can learn from that. Um, but I think you bring up a good point. Like, what's the uh, why is the once baptized a, a magic number? Mm-hmm. You know, and. You know, I, I think you can make an argument from um, symbolism. If you overuse a symbol, it no longer becomes a symbol. It becomes yes. a thing, mm-hmm. right? So baptism is a is an immersion in water to symbolize mm-hmm. a life that's immersed in Christ. Uh, and if you just like, oh, I just, you know, I need to do that regularly. And I think that's why Jesus talks about being baptized with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's a daily yes. baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, but, you know, who's to say you come to a point of like, no, I need to... I, for me, the, the placing of my body in Mm -hmm. a position of care to another in a hostile environment, I physically need that. Mm -hmm. 
Because I think we underplay sometimes the the positions our bodies take in worship. Mm. Yes. Like we we you know at least in the the Adventist context, like you see someone raising a hand in church, it's like, oh. whew, all right. <laughs> Everybody kind of looks to them. Yeah. They're like, oh wow, they're feeling yeah. it. That's awesome. At least in our context, and yes. I know that there's other there's other Adventist churches and cultures in the world that that's you know if you're not raising your hand, like come on, then you're looked at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, cool. But at least in our context, it's kind of mm-hmm. that more reserved. Our, our bodies aren't an active participant in in mm-hmm. worship, and so how do we how do we place ourselves in positions of worship that our body reacts to that? Mm-hmm. So. What do you think, Zoya? So in my culture, I'm from the Bahamas, hey. um, but in my culture, um, baptism is very important. So um, even up to um, doing the baptismal vows, it's done in front of church and you oh, have wow. to raise yeah. your hand. Mm-hmm. So when I came here and, you know, people would just get baptized. I'm like, oh, are they doing the vows? Are they doing the three mm-hmm. vows? Like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it was more so an ex- uh, external expression. Mm-hmm. And the only time people would really get rebaptized is if it was really a public sin and everyone knew about it and the person felt oh, wow. the need to go to do it again, then like that's when rebaptism took place mm-hmm. or if the person stepped outside of the church or things mm-hmm. like that. So it was like a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time someone got rebaptized and I was like, hmm, that's really different. Like, I don't think they did anything that bad. But I think it really comes down to simply what you said is, you know, back then you you view it as the rules. You view the rules as, yes, it's the standard, but I think everything is almost based on that. So sometimes... <clears throat> Excuse me. You come to a point in your life where you view your relationship with Christ as more so of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this sermon is really um, gearing us towards. And it's like, okay, it's a relationship. So in relationships, you're going to have highs, you're going to have lows. And if you feel that, you know what, I need to rededicate myself to God mm-hmm. Um then rebaptism is okay. It doesn't have to be a a big sin or it doesn't have to be anything like that. It's just really what do you need to do to have that connection, to have that standard? And that may be, you know, asking God, for forgiveness every day because you know god talks about a rebaptism of the spirit surrendering yourself to christ every day but for some people like you said the physical the um rededicating the whole body that may be you know rebaptism mm-hmm. yeah now i like you bring up that perspective uh because we can get in some ways myopic on our approach right and it's it's healthy to have um, I, I think, you know, for lack of a better term, differing opinions or different experiences for sure. And I definitely appreciate the, the church cultures that do revere baptism as a, it, it's a very special thing. It's something that Jesus did for, for us as an example. Um, and that's refreshing to me. Uh, but I also on, on this, in the same hand, I, I, I wrestle with, how much sometimes anybody puts um, sell like how do we put it salvation importance on baptism in that yes. mm-hmm. if you are not physically baptized by water you will not be saved and I've heard that before yeah. really mm-hmm. oh my goodness They're like if you don't take communion like mm-hmm. even up to communion if you don't take communion when it happens mm-hmm. that like that can put you in jeopardy because you're like denying kind of the gift of Christ or you shouldn't do that because yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. 
And I think that uh, scripture is absolutely clear that salvation comes through Jesus Christ and belief in him, full yes. stop. Mm-hmm. Baptism is a symbol of, mm-hmm. of that. And when we begin to serve the symbol, and the same thing, when, as you mentioned, the, the communion, when the symbol becomes that important, mm-hmm. it has lost its significance as a symbol. And it has become the thing for salvation instead of something that reminds you of what God's done for you. And it's like exactly what you talked about, the transactional versus relational, like what you both are seeing. So the question might be raised in your mind, how do we continue to live that outward expression of love to God even after baptism and not can stay content living in the space that we were before or continuously showcasing that baptism in front of everybody else? I think what's important to realize is that baptism is a symbol of an immersion in a new way to be human. It's a symbol of your inward relationship with God that bears fruit in love to one another. Paul makes it clear in Romans that we are baptized into Christ and it's in Christ that we are free from sin and we are freed from sin for the purpose of helping others become free as well. They're saying, you know, it's more of a transaction. That was actually something like one of my questions that I had written down, it's kind of what we already talked, like some of what we've already talked about, but um, one of my biggest questions was, how can we as the church make baptism feel more like our own personal walk with God Mm. and not like something to check off on? Mm -hmm. For instance, like in in our case, like to check off the Seventh-day Adventist list or whatever religion you are to check off that list, Mm -hmm. to be a Seventh-day Adventist or to, consider yourself part of that church Mm -hmm. and you know that's Mm -hmm. sad that kind of i feel like that's the way i have viewed it but Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's just i guess history because for example like um a baby's um christening like it's very big in my culture Mm -hmm. and i know in some religions it's like okay if you you know okay so in SDA culture, Mm -hmm. you know, we believe in baptism by immersion. So you should be at an age when you can make that decision for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why, you know, christening is important, but also baptism is like, okay, this solidifies me that I'm SDA and I Mm -hmm. can go to heaven if I live a life, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not really about that, you know, having a checklist or being SDA or doing these things, that doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, guaranteed to go to heaven. (laughs) And I think it also, that comes from, you know, the one saved, always saved mindset where, you know, once I accept God into my life this time, then that's it. And I think that a lot of people use this verse to justify that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't even have to ask God for forgiveness because I have grace, 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 grace. And it's not really about that because even when you're in a relationship with him and your mind is geared towards him, all your decisions should be pointing you towards that because, you know, I want to make this relationship work. And we don't, the work that we have to do, it's not It's not really hard, you know, it's just to live a life that's pleasing to God, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) I, the, what you're saying reminds me of, I, I wish that there's so much in Romans five and six that I (laughs) just could not cover. Like I had to cut so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, and just after I finished in six 11, it goes on to say, therefore do not let your sin verse 12 of Romans chapter six, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and do, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your member as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? May it never be. 
Do you not know that when you are present, uh, when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves to sin, uh, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. So that same thought of like, oh, I'm not under the law. Like I'm saved. Like I can do whatever I want. Paul's like, no, you're missing the point. Mm -hmm. It's not about what you can and can't do. It's about, uh, and I I mentioned this in the message, it's salvation is so much more than just removing sins from our lives. Mm -hmm. God says, I'm wanting to make you new. I'm wanting wanting you to live as I originally intended you to live. Uh One that's without sin, but it's so much more than just like, picking little fuzzballs off your uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. off your clothing like i'm i'm wanting to give you new clothes yes yeah. but it's also something and in reading that i also read the verses you just read and i was kind of like i love what they have to say but i also want um sometimes we've talked about like okay we view it this way because we've grown up in the church but mm-hmm. what about non like non-believers or new to the church that are reading this and they're like what does this mean well i kind of took it that way and i was like i would hope that if somebody that didn't know the bible super well and read this wouldn't think like oh my goodness like if i'm a slave to righteousness if i sin once like mm-hmm. oh no i'm back in my old ways cuz that's not how it is at all it's just saying like take it seriously. Don't say once saved and done, but I don't know. That's kind of, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I wonder how others would take this. And I think that's um, probably also an issue of, of language too. Yes. um, In terms of the idea of slaves, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think the incredible injustices that were done to, to people from, from, from Africa and the, and the Caribbean and all that being brought over and being made to be slaves has in some ways tainted our our understanding of the idea of slave. Yes. In in conscious ways and unconscious ways. Mm-hmm. And so that then plays over in here is like, oh, I'm not a slave to sin. Okay, that slave to sin. Okay, that sounds like a good thing, but I'm a slave to yeah, Do you know exactly. what slave And so the, that translation of the word, particularly within the culture that we live, I think is no longer a good translation. It should mm-hmm. be more servant. Mm. Yes. Like yeah. there, there's you're there the, to serve. You're there to serve. Mm-hmm. And and even in 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 Bible culture, when the word slave is derived from the word doulos, and that um, in a lot of ways meant someone who was a, a servant to someone who was in, in good standing with the person. It was their job. Mm-hmm. They were paid to serve a particular particular oh. family. And so in the same way, um, we're not paid to serve God, so to speak. No. <laughs> but we are not in a place where God's looking over our shoulder and like, oh, mm-hmm. you messed up, and here's the punishment for this, here's the punishment for that. Mm-hmm. What God is trying to do is, is help us understand his love, his grace, and his mercy. And we are in service to God. Yes. With a healthy servant-master relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I like the way you put that a lot better. I think it is. I think it is kind of the translation and the words. All around the world, there are Christian communities that practice baptism. And sometimes baptism can be this kind of elitist thing that, oh, I've been baptized, now for I'm, I'm, I'm holier than you, or I'm better than you, or I'm more part of the church than you. Question comes to my mind, how should we honor our baptism with God in regards to others on their journey, or maybe others that haven't started yet? What does it look like for us that have been baptized to, to recognize that, to appreciate the symbol, but then also use that to shed light for others 
that they can see the character of God through us. Um, I have a question. So do you think that um, one of the holdbacks, you know, we've talked about slaves and the translation. Do you think mm-hmm. it's a guilt thing? Like, so the standard is so high. And because, you know, we're slaves on, well, what was, did it say? Slaves under righteousness. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that, you know, one of the reasons why people don't want to be rebaptized or be, you know, baptized in general is because, you know, I'm suffering with this. I'm suffering with this addiction. I'm suffering with this specific sin, you know, that people may know about and people may not know about. Mm-hmm. And if I go to get rebaptized or if I go to get baptized, that my sin may be too great or mm-hmm. because I'm struggling with this sin, it's going to make God angry or make God sad that, you know, I'm still struggling with something. So I think the question is when or how do we go about um, making that decision if we're still struggling with with something and it's Ooh, really yeah. plaguing us? Yeah. I like that question. That's a good question. What do you think? Oh, I don't have an answer. <laughs> I, I struggle with that too. I think that's totally relevant. And yeah. I, one of a class I took while I was at seminary, a professor told us, I never baptize smokers until oh they've my. given up because he's like, I've, I've done it and they don't end up giving it up. Hmm. And it kind of saddened me. Mm-hmm. And, this person is from a, a previous generation or older generation than me um, and share different perspectives. Uh, from a from an outside perspective, as we're working with people that are still struggling with XYZ, whatever that is, I think the importance is to come alongside them in relationship. So these things are only worked out in relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not like, Zoya, like you need to give up smoking. Like, please. <laughs> and I'm using an example because I know she doesn't. Uh, yeah. um, but that's, you know, before you get baptized, you have to give that up. It's like, well, hold on. Baptism is not about giving something up. It's about mm-hmm. embracing something else. Mm. Baptism is is not, a, okay, guys, I'm going to drop my um, my bottles of alcohol in the, in the water. Okay, look at me do that. No. Mm-hmm. Baptism is about embracing a new way to live. It's not about getting with you. Uh, there's the the classic example of you fill a um, uh, like a cup or something with with mud and dirt on the bottom, mm-hmm. and one way to clean it out is to try to like dump everything out, but there's still remnants of it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you just keep pouring water into the cup, mm-hmm. after a while, the water will be purified because there's been so much new, fresh, clean water poured in mm-hmm. that the old has no place to be. Interesting. And I think we, a lot of times, approach addictions or uh, sin struggles that people have with the, you have to remove this before you can have this. Yes. But my reading of scripture in Romans 5 and 6 and what we've talked about today is all about embracing something else so that there's no room for the old. Mm-hmm. There's no room for the previous thing. And so I think to the person who is wrestling with that themselves of like, oh, I'm not worthy to be baptized or I haven't given mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z up yet. Mm-hmm. Great. Do you, are, are, do you want to have a relationship with someone who can fill your life with something so much better? Mm-hmm. And to approach it from a relational instead of a transaction, because that's ultimately back to the idea of salvation as transactional. Yes. You have to give up smoking mm-hmm. in order to be saved. 
And that, you know, there's been a lot of people that have come to a better understanding of who God is because someone did a smoking seminar or said like, why are you doing that? Like, that's not a good thing. (laughs) But I think in our culture today with how pervasive um, individualism is and how pervasive the the ideology of my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth Mm -hmm. and like stay out of my business, we can no longer approach it of like, that's bad because we as a society no longer have a foundation for moral truth. The political organization or the political thinking that you espouse, the um, the justice thinking that you espouse, the whatever thinking you espouse has become your truth. We no longer mm-hmm. as a society have a place that we come back to. We used to have in at scripture as a as a as a place for moral truth, but that's just that's been thrown out of the window. And so we can no longer argue from um, scripture, lay, like laying out scripture as a, well, obviously the Bible says it. And I'm like, I don't believe the Bible. That's that old mm-hmm. mumbo jumbo that like, why would you, different. why would you let this old document do anything for you? And so now it's not a, a proof from scripture, but it's a life lived out. that has been filled with scripture and filled with the new way to be human. Mm. So I think that's my, that's kind of a long roundabout response, but I think that's would be my response to your question. Mm. This is a special sermon. I really liked it. Cool. There were a lot of, and then especially um, the sermon was amazing, but then also I just say like, it was a blessing just going through and reading Romans five and six. And honestly, just reading through it once isn't enough. Like I need to like read over it more and more and I'll catch more the more that I read it. But I felt like this sermon. I am relishing this awesome series called Immersed, looking at baptism. Part of a three-part series right here in Elevate Retake. This is the second part of it. We've got one more coming up for you next week. And here's the thing, maybe you have been touched by the Holy Spirit through this episode or another episode, or you and you recognize what God has been doing in your life. And you're saying, hey, I'm being raised to walk in a new life. I've, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in water to show others what God is doing in my life. If that's you, send us a voice message or a DM on Instagram. Links to that will be in the description. We'll check those regularly so that we can hear from you reach out to us. Let us know. We want to make sure that we can make that space available for you. Thanks so much to our editor, Shane Miosi, who does not get enough thanks on this episode, and to Taylor Weaver, who uh, puts together the intros and the outros for our episodes, and to Jonathan Coker, our executive producer. And a big thanks to the Elevate Lead team and to the Keen Church for their support of this podcast. We're trying to build a community here. It's more than just voices sitting in a studio. This is a conversation between you and us. And we're thankful that you are along for the journey. So until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Elevate Retake.